0: The Bucket Plan On Demand series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach on advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Hello and welcome to The Bucket Plan On Demand. I am your host, Dave Allison, and we have a great episode in store for you today. In December of 2022, I was asked to present to our C2P Enterprises Advisors at our Semiannual Mastermind Collegium to talk all about taxes. I wanted to address where we were in 2022. What tax policies did we see that got proposed and made it all the way through becoming new tax law that are going to impact us and our clients into future years? What policies were proposed that didn't make their way into getting approved into new tax law that we need to be aware of? Because these are things that we're probably going to see again into the future. I also talk about what's in store in 2023. What are some of the new numbers, tax rates, ideas and strategies that we need to know about and we need to be talking to our clients about? And so I hope you find this content valuable and let's go ahead and turn it over live at the Mastermind Collegium. So what we're gonna talk about today is some of the increases in standard deduction. And what I wanna spend the first 10 or 15 minutes talking about before we bring up the panelists is just kind of what happened in 2022. And what you're gonna hear from a common theme, Jason and I spoke about it this morning, Jason shared it, or yesterday morning, excuse me, Jason shared it, um, in that optional session on the Rainmaker multiplier, but when we think of taxes there's these three elements that are a key differentiator for all of this and you, if you've come to the tax management journey you've heard me say this over and over and uh, Jason and I and Greg Hammer and a couple others kind of talking about an analogy of how we would frame this with a client to help them understand and uh, Think about if you were building a house, right? If you and your spouse were gonna go build a house, what would be the first thing you would do? You would hire an engineer or an architect to build a blueprint, right? And that's very much like tax planning. can hire us through our holistic planning process to build them a blueprint on how to save in taxes. But once that blueprint is drawn, what's the next step in building a house? You need to hire the general contractors to actually go build that house for you. That is what tax management is, right? And I've shared this over and over with my clients. In order to get tax management, you have to become a wealth management client. You can't simply just hire us for planning. So you can't just hire for a plan and receive tax management. It's not feasible, right? We need to see everything. We need to be able to control everything. And then when your house is built, what needs to happen before you feel safe and secure? You have it inspected. Right? You need to make sure it's up to code. That's what tax preparation is. And all these things are important, but I think there's this huge differentiator. The team asked me to just kind of give an update on what we're seeing ahead, looking out into the horizon, because as I always share with every one of my clients, for me, tax management is like a game of chess. When I play chess, I'm trying to think three, four, five moves ahead. Differentiated from when I play checkers, I'm just thinking about what my next move is. Tax management is like a game of chess. We need to think three, four, five moves ahead. And every year, something that I look at is uh, the Green Book that comes out. Is anyone familiar with what the Green Book is? It's the president's proposal on how they're going to reconcile the budget, right? It's the greatest in-depth look at tax policy changes that they're trying to propose. And I like looking at this because at the end of the day, all bad ideas have to start somewhere. And there's a lot of bad ideas in this green book for our clients, right? our clients that actually have money. And so I want to run through some of these things because I think this is what we all as planners, as advisors, as tax experts need to be thinking about. So in Biden's green book that came out in May of 2022, here's some of the big things. I ranked it from the things at the top are probably most impactful to your clients, the things at the bottom, not so much unless you have clients over $100 million. They're actually known as billionaires, according to Biden now, but uh, the billionaire tax for people who have over $100 million. But, and not to get political here, this is just what he put out. Increased individual tax rates, we all know 37, he wanted to go to 39.6%, but he wanted to do that at 450,000 of income, whereas today it's at about 650,000 of income. He wanted to treat death as a realization event, there's a T missing there, event, with a $5 million lifetime exclusion. So if you had any clients over $5 million of assets that had capital gains built up, they were gonna lose a step up in basis, big revenue generator. Increased capital gains and dividends to ordinary income for people who have over a million dollars. So forget about that client who sold their California home. Uh, That's gonna all be taxed as ordinary income. Increased corporate tax rates from 21 to 28%. Limited the use of one of my favorite tools, donor advised funds, to avoid private foundation payout requirements. Carried interest charges, if you have any hedge fund managers, and last but not least that billionaire tax. So these were some of the things that they were proposing and why I share these is some of these things are very, very real, right? This could be easily what's on the horizon. They also change some planning techniques and opportunities that we take advantage of. Anyone ever have a client that used a like-kind exchange? Right? Yeah, of course. They wanted to create limitations there. They wanted to impose a tax on asset swaps. If you ever use irrevocable trust, one of my favorite provisions is a swapping provision where I can swap assets in and out of that trust. Well, that would have been taxable. Elimination of the tax burn rate from grantor trusts. This is where my client sets up an irrevocable trust, but because it's a grantor trust, they pay the income tax on that trust instead of it being taxed at trust trust tax rates. Right? Like these are huge planning opportunities that people are taking advantage of. Elimination of the non-tax treatment of sales to grantor trusts. Elimination of zeroed-out grants. Restriction on the term of GRATs to a 10-year minimum because most people are using like two-year rolling GRATs right now. And then limits on dynasty trusts, right? The ability to create multi-generational wealth and keep it in these trusts. And so again, I share all of these things because some people might say, well, the chance of them getting all this done is far from none. We were so incredibly close this year to passing these. It came down to two votes. Two votes and this would have happened, Senator Manchin and uh, Senator right here in Arizona. Without those two votes, this would have been our new reality of what we were looking to from a planning perspective. As we go on through the year, we actually did see legislation. In August, we saw the Inflation Reduction Act. So many of us know the Inflation Reduction Act was the largest investment in environment and climate change in US history. Investments in clean energy, energy, technology, hydrogen, nuclear, renewables, fossil fuels. They incentivized oil companies to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, consumer rebates for different programs that our clients can go and implement. That's really the big one in this of some of our clients might be eligible for some tax credits now. If you have any client that's looking to purchase an electric vehicle, up to $7,500 as a tax credit, or $4,000 if they're purchasing a used vehicle. It's based on the retail price, and there's phase-out limits. So as a planner, right? if I know my client is thinking about buying an EV this year, and they're right up to one of these income limits, I might be advising them on how we might be able to defer some income. Maybe we go max out that 401k or the SEP and try to get their income down to get them this credit. And so there's things that we should be thinking about and talking about with some of our clients. At least make them aware, hey, if anyone's thinking about doing any electric vehicle purchases, just give me a heads up before, let's see if we can max out your tax credits. We saw drug pricing. Government finally has the ability to negotiate Medicare prices. We have drug manufacturing rebates. We have Medicare beneficiary spending on drugs capped at $2,000 annually. Hopefully that'll help some of our retiree clients. And then some caps on insulin at $35 a month. That was all part of this bill. Taxes, I won't really spend too much time on this one, but massive changes to the biggest corporations in the United States. A corporate minimum tax equal to 15% of book value. So book value is a different way of measuring accounting on these corporations. It applies to corporations over a billion dollars. What's really interesting is, why do these big corporations pay no income tax? Because Congress created incentives for them to invest in things like depreciable assets, tax credits, investments in different areas of the country to stimulate and now they're doing this, which is gonna to totally counteract all of those incentives that they've given them over the last five or 10 years. So things will be kind of interesting here. Um, but the one thing at the bottom that does apply to most of our clients is there was no SALT deduction limitation relief that a lot of people thought we were gonna from, see from here. And then the last one that I just wanna to touch on is I kind of think about what happened in 2022 from a tax perspective. But the SECURE Act 2.0 has not passed yet. I fully believe this will pass in a lame duck session in Congress this month so that we will have Secure Act 2. It has full bipartisan support. It's a good bill. Nobody really objects to it. And this is gonna impact our clients even more, which I can't wait because it's such a big marketing opportunity. It's gonna increase RMDs to the age of 75. You can see there's a phase in there. Um, So there's gonna be a little bit more complication on who and when people Uh, need to take required minimum distributions. There's an increased catch-up contribution uh, for people in the House version, it's age 62 to 64. In the Senate version, it's age 60 to 63. They'll come and agree on some age. But what do you notice about that catch-up provision? What's interesting about that? It has to go to a Roth IRA. So when people always ask me, Dave, do you think they'll get rid of the Roth IRA? You know why I always say no? Because the Roth IRA is a revenue generator for the government and our government is desperate for revenue right now, right? They can only think of things in 10 year segments. They can't think beyond that. So they're gonna say, well, we'll let people contribute even more to their retirement plans, but we can't lose any more tax money to do it. So they're gonna mandate it goes to the Roth. It's a revenue raiser. They're also going to allow employers to make contributions to retirement plans equal to employee student loan payments, which is going to be an administrative nightmare, so get ready for that if any of you are managing retirement plans. It also has a new exception, 10% penalty on retirement accounts for some small things like emergency expenses, up to a grand per year, domestic abuse, $10,000 per year, terminal illness, clients terminally ill, they could access their whole retirement plan, and premiums for qualifying long-term care insurance, which we'll probably think of some good strategies there, up to a $2,500 cap. It expands IRA charitable contributions so that kind of maximum in the QCD space, they're going to increase that limit a little bit. It eliminates pre death distribution requirements for Roth 401ks. So, again, why do Roth 401ks have an RMD but Roth IRAs don't? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They're fixing that, they're going to get rid of that. And then just requiring some larger employees to include 401 uh, plans to their clients. And so these are some of the changes I do fully expect Secure Act 2.0 to pass. These are some of the things we'll be able to talk about with clients next year. And then as we look at, just in closing, before I bring some of these advisors up on stage, is some important numbers that I'm looking at. Right. So just like Dr. Elko, what's your standard? Here's the standard deduction. So they're gonna be raising it to about 27,700. So this is my favorite number in tax management. It's what the government gives us as a freebie every single year. We should be rethinking about our client's retirement plans with this new standard deduction. One of my favorite visuals from the tax management journey is now updated. You can download this in the C2P resources. It's the 2023 measuring cups. What do you notice, $694,000 almost of taxable income before you hit that top tax rate. These are all inflation adjusted numbers. We've seen some pretty big inflation. We now will have more room in the brackets to do things like bracket bumping Roth conversions for our clients next year. We should be talking about that. Contribution limits are going up to $22,500. One of the things that I've done in the last month is talk to all of my clients about even if they were making pre-tax contributions to their 401k last year, I want them to switch it all to Roth in the first quarter of this year. Why do I want them to switch it to Roth in the first quarter of this year? Any guesses? The market's down. I want them to be acquiring more shares in this down market in their Roth, even if maybe they were taking the deduction historically and going pre-tax, because will the market rebound at some point? Where do we want that rebound to happen, right? Roth, Roth, of course. So these are things you can be talking about and there's other catch-up contribution limits there. Another one of my favorite numbers for planning opportunities right now is the uh, gift and estate tax exemptions. Almost $13 million per person, almost $26 million for a married couple, right? For any of our clients that have excess money that they are absolutely not going to need to rely upon, why would we hold that in their taxable estate right now? If they have life insurance policies for death benefit and they're not gonna need that cash value, why wouldn't we be gifting those to irrevocable life insurance trusts right now? Get it out of their estate under these high deduction amounts because it is going down. When is it going down? 2026, right, and so these are the things we should be talking about to clients. And with that being said, that's a quick tax update. Again, not as much actually happened because of two senators that blocked a lot of this. They got Inflation Reduct Act through. They're most likely, I would be hard pressed to believe, they're not gonna get Secure Act 2.0 approved before the end of the year. And so, so much great stuff to go and talk to our clients about. The Bucket Plan On Demand series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach on advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com.